I stayed up one time watching some late-night prophecy Bible shows. And this one guy said that the lion was England, that the bear was Russia, the leopard was Africa, and this dragon beast was something out of the ocean, Australia. I don't know. How to make sense of all this? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome to Inverse, everyone. We're in a special episode on Revelation 13. We're looking at some of the entities that prophecy points out. And I mentioned in my teaser that there are a lot of interpretations out there. And even in our break, uh, uh, Jared mentioned that the dragon obviously is China. Hello. And so we're going to look at if, if <laughs> it's really, China but. or not and uh, what the Bible has to say about that. But before, before we do so, we don't want to enter into Bible study without a prayer. It's not just a formality. We're really asking for the Lord to bless this time. Uh, we learn as much uh, in this format, too. Hopefully you've been blessed. If you have, visit us on our social media websites on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and, I don't know, something else. And, uh, or come visit our archives on inverse.hopetv.org. So we'll start with a oh, shameless plug. We'll start with a prayer. Um, oh, Sebastian, can you pray for us? Absolutely. Let's pray. Our Father, what a privilege it is to be gathered together again to read your word. We pray, Lord, that as we explore this chapter which may not apparently have much of Christ in it, Lord, that we may still find our way to Jesus, to mm -hmm. see the beauty of who he is and how he mm -hmm. shines through his truth, even through the darkest of places, mm -hmm. is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. 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 So, we're going to maybe look at Daniel 12, verse 1, kind of as an introductory verse to launch us into this discussion. Daniel 12, verse 1. Sure. It says, At that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. Yeah, there's a lot of, it's pointing to a future time when things are not going to be that great. <laughs> I mean, that's an understatement we can say. Um, we're going to spend our time in Revelation 13, of which that verse is actually pointing to, in a sense, in a general sense. Um, Jared, can you give us kind of a brief overview of where, where have we been in Revelation? Um, we're in Revelation 13, we've talked about different things, and just kind of keep us up to date. Sure. Whatever you remember from what have we done the, up to yeah, this point in the season. Yeah, history, we talked about Revelation 12 kind of being that hinge chapter, yeah. and then moving here into 13, we're getting into some really kind of rubber meets the road issues. Yeah. There's a power in, in Daniel chapter 7 that we identified as historically the, the Church of Rome. Mm -hmm. um, that, that power that, that came up in a very specific time, persecuted God's people, attempted to change God's law. And we're going to see in Revelation chapter 13, we have those similar descriptors. Mm -hmm. And then there's another power that kind of enters into that Mm -hmm. uh, that flow of history and does something else kind of building and reflecting yeah, on a that fun word. chapter, fun chapter, especially. And you know, um, to build off of that, when you look at Revelation 12, 17, the kind of, um, you know, last kind of book end before we jump into these two beasts is it I'm says, I'm going to read it, verse 17, 12, sure, 17. Sure, it says, and the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. And then we see this beast, right? standing on the sea, and this beast is given the authority of the dragon, mm -hmm. right? The dragon gives his authority. So clearly we see that 
this chapter is really a manifestation of the devil's plans. This is like intel, right? This is like intelligence to say, well, how is he going to make war against God's people in the last days? Well, I'm going to raise up this particular beast from the sea. Mm -hmm. um, and so Revelation 13 kind of guides us through that plan of this is the devil's plan and these are the agencies he's going to use to kind of make war with God's people and try to win at the end time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have chapter 13, which is Satan's plan, chapter 14, which is God's plan. We looked mm -hmm. at chapter 14. Let's look a look, 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 little in depth into chapter 13. Verse mm -hmm. 1, CQ, can you read from verse 1 onwards? Sure. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, who is able to make war with him? Okay, so let's stop there. I mean, this is a crazy, probably the craziest part of... of no, not the craziest part. There's, there's a bunch of also <laughs> interesting things. But there's these details here, and these details here are not for the whimsical uh, uh, fanaticness of it. There's, mm -hmm. there's, some, there's, there's meaning to these, to these um, symbols. What's going on here from the first, first four verses? When, when, we, when we talked about the changing of the times and the laws, mm -hmm. right, and who yes. would do that, that comes out of Daniel chapter 7. And in Daniel chapter 7, there are these three animals, right? You have the lion, the bear, the leopard, and this dragon-like beast. Mm -hmm. what, what John the Revelator is doing is he's using a lot of the same terminology from mm -hmm. Daniel. He's saying check it out. Go back and read this, okay? Mm -hmm. And not to make things uh, too complex, because we haven't looked at all of the foundation of those things, sure. but um, going back one step more to Daniel chapter 2, you had a similar kind of chain prophecy. A nation, a nation, a yeah. nation, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and, and, and then the so judgment. The four medals so, in Daniel 2 are repeated in the four beasts, four of, beasts Daniel of Daniel 7. 7. And there's a parallel there. Mm -hmm. There's Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. And it's important because it gives us a time frame. Yes. These these things these are building blocks of prophetic interpretation that give us a time frame for knowing when are these things going to go down. It helps us accurately identify what's going on because John is talking about end time context. This is going to happen. We need to know what what happened back then and who these who these powers are. Yeah, and we got to really be careful. I mean, like I said, in my teaser. Sometimes people just make up the most random stuff. I mean, it's a lion. Oh, hey, England is the lion. Hey, it's China's the dragon because chi the Chinese people are dragon. dragons. You know? Weird. Um, or Vikings <laughs> or, or Scottish. Um, we got to look at really in depthly. So this is a composite piece. All these, um, the leopard, the bear, and by the way, leopard was was considered to be Africa just because all the leopards live in Africa, you know, oh. but, but that, that doesn't okay. make sense. Um, but we see a clear allusion to Daniel 7. Yeah, right. Clear mm -hmm. This is a composite beast from all the previous empires together. Yes? Mm -hmm. Now verse 3, what's going on there? Well, then you see the Bible says, and I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded mm -hmm. and his deadly wound was healed and all the world marveled and followed the beast. So mm -hmm. even when we go through Daniel 7, this this fourth beast has a transition, right, from being this undescribable beast to this little horn coming up. And then in Daniel 7, after he was considering the horns, the Bible says in verse 8, 
He says, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first were plucked out by the roots, and there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking pompous or great words. And then all of a sudden there's a pause, and there's a going into a scene of judgment in Daniel 7, where now he's going to the Ancient of Days and what Jesus is doing um, to stand up for his people, going back to our scripture reading. Mm -hmm. So when we look here, we see that there is a break in between the power of this particular horn power in Daniel 7, mm -hmm. and we're seeing this in Revelation 13 to say, okay, now he's exercising this global domination as these previous kingdoms, the leopard, the lion, the bear, but now he's mortally wounded as if he was about to die. It seemed as if it was over, like it's this, this particular nation, right, which the beast is a symbol of, is gone, but in actuality, he comes back, mm -hmm. right? There's almost like a resurrection sort of thing, you know, building into this almost counterfeit trinity, like, oh, just like Jesus okay. kind of... So let's rewind here a little bit. We have Babylon, the, the historical precedent, Nebuchadnezzar is like, you are this head of, Bab head of, head of gold, gold. Mm -hmm. equivalent to the lion. Then you have Medo-Persia, bear on one side, and goes to the leopard, four, the four heads of Greece. Mm -hmm. And if you're wondering what in the world is he talking about, you got to get some Bible studies and some Daniel. So talk to your pastor, get a little, <laughs> uh, um, find other, other, other inverse shows that we might do in the future about this, <laughs> mm -hmm. about these episodes, about these topics. And then you have Rome, and we talked about in the previous episode, you have Rome, which is a purely horizontal emper, em, imperial empire, right. if you will, and all of a sudden it changes nature and goes vertical, becomes spiritual, becomes a church of Rome. Yep. I mean, today's manifestation is the Roman Catholic Church, mm -hmm. yes. And then we see in verse 3, one of its heads, heads as, as you read, Sebastian, was mortally wounded, the so the Catholic Church lost its popularity in, in the 1700s. Yes, it, it, it's hard to understand this. And, and again, it, we're not looking at a flow of necessarily A, B, C, D. But if we jump down to verse 5, it mm -hmm. says he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. That's what Daniel talked about when he said, I'm going to change God's law. And, he, and he, he verbally attacked God. And then it says he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so what happened? So the church rises up in a very um, specific context. Daniel identifies there, there are three powers that were trying to, um, it had a direct opposition with, this is the Roman church and these Aryan tribes. So once it cleared the way, it, just, it wiped these, these three entities out from history. They no longer yes. exist. Okay. That year was 538 AD. Um, 1260 years later, Okay, which is, that's what you're talking about, the 42 months there. Okay, so again, it's so hard to deal with these without dealing with some of these technical issues. Yeah. But the Bible refers, <laughs> well, I know, we have to, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Bible refers to three different time periods, yeah. right? They're all the same. 1260 days, 360 uh, days in a Jewish month. So 1260 in a church, in a church, year. Year. In a church, in a church year. year, excuse yeah. me, 1260 days, 42 months, months and... Three and a half, and a half years. years. These time, these time, time periods are used time. interchangeably, and this is essentially the 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 period of the Antichrist. Jesus had a three and a half year ministry. Mm -hmm. This power comes up and fights against God for three and a half years, but it's not just three and a half years because. So um, to simplify all that. The, there's an apostate Catholic Church who's going to be reigning for 1,260 years. 1,260 yes. years. Thanks for helping me cut the fat on that. <laughs> 1,260 years. At the end of that time period, what happens? Um, the French Revolution, right? right? The Pope winds up going, being 
taken captive back to I think it's Valence, France. Like his his like the, he died in captivity. Like his heart is still buried there today. They sent sent his body back. What happened? I mean, this is the deadly wound. They thought that the, the papacy's gone forever. Mm-hmm. You know, turn on the TV today and tell me if, if the papacy is, ceases to exist because it's a right now it's a force to be reckoned with. The Pope is it has so much Political power influence. and influence mm-hmm. today. So complete shift from what what we're seeing here. And the Bible predicted it. Okay, Siku, hold that thought. We're gonna we're gonna come back to you after. The break. You want to hear what Siku has to say? I think I think Jared's going to actually share some more too. So, <laughs> so I might visit after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, you guys. We're going to hear what Siku has to say because we cut her off before she's in mid-breath right now. <sighs> yes. <laughs> right, so, it was to speak to what, what Jared is talking about, this, this, this beast power, yes. um, the, the Roman Catholic Church yes. back then, the papacy. Yep. Um, I think it's important to note that the, the influence that they had, it wasn't just that they're a church, you know, and they're the universal church, but they had political sway, yes. right? And so when General Berthier took the Pope into captivity um, in 1798, it felt like the political sway that Rome had was gone, was gone. right? Mm-hmm. And so that mortal wound is, is to say um, in verse 3 of, of chapter 13 in Revelation, Mm-hmm. as if it had been mortally wounded. Mm-hmm. So you could see how uh, the leader of, uh, of an organization mm-hmm. being taken into captivity would seem like a mortal wound to the political authority of that For sure, entity, right. For right. sure. So you see this like Roman Catholic entity that's, that's almost conquered all of civilization, and somewhere in the 1700s it's lost that influence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what happens here? Let's keep on reading. Let's go to verse uh, 6. Then he opened his mouth and blasphemed against God, and his, his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted him to make war with the saints to overcome them. Authority was given over every tribe, tongue, and nation, and all who dwell on the earth will worship him, and whose names have not been written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Okay, so these are uh, continual allusions that we saw in Daniel 7 that's adding to the identity uh, of, of this entity. Verse 9, and this is where it gets, let's slow down verse 9, okay? Uh, Jared, read from verse 9 through verse 9, oh, let's read from verse 11 onwards. Mm-hmm. Sorry, from verse 11. Verse 11? Yes. Okay, so, so okay. Then, so, uh, then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Okay. So what's going on there? Well, verse 11 is a new beast on the scene. Right, so Sebastian. here you have, right, the other beast in verse 1 came up out of the sea, right? This yes. one comes out of the earth. So yeah. you have that Revelation seventeen fifteen that this is people, multitudes, and nations. This is, the water is a symbol of that. 
And so, so you you're saying the sea beast because it's, very it's, populated. it's sea, it's water. Right. So then the, there's a lot of people supporting Populated this. civilization yes. versus the earth, right, coming out of the earth was this dry lack earth of... has no water, so... It's basically absent of basically civilization okay. at that time. Okay. And so you have the fact that this other beast comes, you know, chronologically after, right, this first beast. Okay. And also the text says that he has two qualities. Right. So he, as this first entity is waning in power around mm -hmm. 1798, that's right. there's another power that's now slowly creeping wax. up. I never get waxing. the waxing. Waxing. Mm -hmm. That's waxing around <laughs> the late 1700s, early 1800s, mm -hmm. coming from an area where there's not a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I wonder where that might be. Okay, keep going. And then you mm -hmm. have the fact that he has these two qualities, right? Two qualities. Where he has, which are contrasted, right? Mm -hmm. Two horns like a lamb but spoke like a dragon, mm -hmm. right? So here again, we have this reference to the dragon, which lets us know this is continually a part of his plan. Mm -hmm. You mortally wounded the first beast, but that's okay. Another guy comes on the I got someone scene. else yes. who speaks as a dragon, but it's lamb-like, right? Which the lamb we saw in our, um, you know, in our study on Jesus and the symbols in Revelation, mm -hmm. reference to this Christian aspect. So this is a Christian entity in a non-populated area around this late 1700s mm -hmm. that comes up and is claiming to be a Christian nation, mm -hmm. but the Bible says that eventually it will speak as a dragon, mm -hmm. right? So it begins to become the vocal piece of what the dragon is seeking to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And this is so crazy because when you look at the, the first beast, right, in verse four, verse it says four? that mm -hmm. they worship the dragon who gave the authority to the beast, which lets you know this is how he wants to make war. This mm -hmm. is what he's creating through the church. Mm -hmm. But it's like, well, you can't worship the first beast if he's mortally wounded. So let me get this other entity to now come up as a political nation that's like a Christian nation, mm -hmm. which is now has the power of the first beast, that authority, not just authority in terms of position, but military might. Because, mm -hmm. you know, one thing we didn't address earlier is the fact that the Pope, while they were waxing towards heaven for sure, I mean, they were not just like doing missionary trips, right? Mm -hmm. This was like missionary trips with Calvary and weapons and like mm -hmm. murdering you unless you convert, mm -hmm. right? So when you look at the Crusades and things like this, now America has this, you know, well, this power, I just kind of let the cat out the bag. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that, that was uh, smooth. Okay, yeah, so this seems like a lot of nitty gritty at the end of the day, but there is a lot of detail here, and right. it's up to Bible students to find out what this is in comparing scripture with scripture, a scripture with a little bit of history, and to look at what's actually going on here because Jesus is actually saying, back, back to Matthew 24 and 25, watch out. It's going to be crazy times. There's going to be false Christ. They're going to say all this stuff. Compare. And he actually giving, he's giving us very some great instructions, yes. great uh, direction here. So you have the, the Roman Catholic entity and you have, as Sebastian said, the United States of America mm -hmm. is emerging around late 1700s, Christian principles coming out, and it's coming out of a place where there's not a lot of population. Mm -hmm. And back then, you know, when, when um, the Bible students studied this, I mean, they pinpointed the United States as that country. Mm -hmm. But back then, the United States was a dinky little nobody in the middle right. of nowhere. <laughs> and they had no idea that America would be the superpower today and the, the great uh, superpower that, that we, we, just assume. we are. <laughs> yes. um, the great. So yes. that's, 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 Don't use that's that dangerous, that, that great title. Yeah, go, go ahead, Sebastian. You're continuing on. I interrupted you. So you, you essentially build from this, right, to see in verse 12, he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. Mm -hmm. 
and causes the earth, that's a global influence, mm -hmm. and those who dwell in it, to worship the first beast. Mm -hmm. So here we see that, again, if a beast is a symbol of a nation, a political power, this is now, again, the marrying together of church and state. This yes. is the marrying together of church, of, of, of religion and, and po political power and military might. They're saying we're going to enforce it upon your conscience, which is well, always the dragon's like that method. This has, isn't happening yet. Yeah, we're, mm -hmm. we're we're anticipating this to happen. Mm -hmm. Yes, but church and state. Well, there's a, there's a there's alliances that are happening here, mm -hmm. and religion will be forced. And it looks the word worship is repeated right. all over here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was yeah. going to, I was Secret. going to say that with all the nitty gritty that's in chapter thirteen, um, what's the point? Like why why would God care to share this with us mm -hmm. because like we talked about in Revelation 14 I think it was a previous episode or two episodes ago that God wants us to worship in the context of the times we're living in yes. the hour of his judgment has come and so we must worship yes and in that very same context there is um, the the dragon the devil from the beginning, when we start, looked at the great controversy, his issue has been, I don't want you to worship God, right? Mm -hmm. he, he's uh, attacking the character of God and he's saying, don't worship God. Mm -hmm. Worship me. Mm -hmm. Worship yourself. If you think that, you know, you could worship yourself, you're going to worship someone at the end of the day, but let it not be God, right? Mm -hmm. So worship becomes the central issue yes. in this cosmic controversy, in this cosmic conflict. And here, this is his master plan for getting individuals to worship, not God. Yes. Right? Amen. Yes. What, should, what should be our reaction? I mean, we're studying uh, students of Bible prophecy. Should we, should we be down with the Catholic Church, down with America? <laughs> should we escape to, you know, Madagascar? And, nice although country. we love the people in Madagascar. <laughs> Thanks for your support in Madagascar. But what, what do we do? What's our, what's well, our I heard, a, I heard an old missionary say one time uh, that, you know, missions exist because worship does not. And in dealing with the fact that, you know, when we react to the fact that people are engaged in false worship and Jesus says God seeks those to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what God wants and that's what God is looking for. So missions is us partnering with God to bring these people out of error, to bring them out of these false teachings and false perceptions of which those errors create about who Jesus mm -hmm. is and how salvation works as we looked at the sanctuary mm -hmm. and the priesthood attacking that and, and replacing that. So to me, it's it's essentially the reaction is to do missions, right? It is to share. Mm -hmm. It is not to hoard and say, well, I'm protected. Let me go build up in the woods and, you know, save all my stuff and get my own generator and all this kind of stuff. It's and I'm off the grid. way of taking this information. Versus like, no, we, missions exist because worship does not. But if I go to people and they're worshiping him, right, fearing God and giving glory to him mm -hmm. in spirit and in truth, I have no mission there, mm -hmm. yeah. right? They're, they've, they've received the message. But yeah. we're going to every nation, tribe, kindred, tongue, and people saying, you're currently in false worship, yeah. mm -hmm. and we're bringing you back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What should be the what are some practical elements we can get from chapter thirteen here? What what if someone's listening to this and they're like, what should be their their conclusion of the matter? Sure. I think one thing is that coercion is not a part of the character of God. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's not something that God does. God does not force. When you have this power who's seeking to force people to violate their conscience, yeah. to worship something or in a way that, that goes against what they believe is right, God is, God is never going to do that. And as we relate to each other, um, we should be careful not to fall into that mode of operation, manipulation, sure. some of those things. Sure. 
And that's a temptation. It's 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 faster. It's it's it, it works uh, externally. Right. You want the results, yeah, and that, that's what the world is going to happen. There's going to be some kind of moral crisis or something where religion is going to be needed, and then the the state is going to come in to enforce. Um, Siku, what were you going to say? I was going to say just going with the missions that Sebastian was mm -hmm. talking about. We can get caught up in finger pointing, right? Oh, you know, so that's the beast, and then that's that beast, and da 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 da. And we lose the point of what God is actually trying to accomplish, mm -hmm. right? So if God is calling us in Revelation 14, if the message that He's sending with urgency through those angels, which are flying in the midst of heaven, is that you should worship the Creator, mm -hmm. and He's giving a warning for us in Revelation 13 that there will be entities that come to try and coerce a worship of other than God, mm -hmm. then my place in this as a follower of God is not to be finger pointing, mm -hmm. but to be part of what God's mission is, mm -hmm. is to call people to worship. Mm -hmm. I think practically, um, instead of getting caught up in the, I, I don't know, the, the intricacies and trying to tease out every little minutia of, you know, and what does it mean when it says was as opposed to is. Okay, yeah, that's actually important. But, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. But, but just to say, maybe focusing more on what the ultimate mission is. Like yes. God's mission is to save people. Sure. He wants to save me. He wants me to have a relationship with Him in worship. Which is the message of, of Revelation 14. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is the three angels' message. I mean, Revelation 13 is, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to come out. And you're like, whoa, this is, this is overload. Mm -hmm. By the way, Revelation 14, you have the three angels' message that calls people back to the Creator. That's right. And it's important that God actually does reveal these things because He wants us to know, you yes. know. And it's not it. It can be scary sometimes. Like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. I don't want to offend anybody. You know, I, I'm living in this country, and they could take away my visa. But, <laughs> but, but if the Bible is if the Bible is sharing this information, it's because it's important. Yeah. You know, and it could save somebody's life. Sure. And you know, I think I think one other brief point, you know, to also bring out practically is we should be champions of religious liberty. We should be able to essentially say to people in, that, look. You should not just champion your own personal rights. You should champion the rights of other people. Mm -hmm. Say, True. look, you should not be compelling them. Even though I believe this is the way to worship, I should not be for laws that compel people to worship the way I worship. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've gone through a whirlwind of discussion today, and hopefully we just, we just perked your interest. If you have no idea what we're talking about, we're scratching the surface, and we need to know more about these last day events that are happening. How many of you are in part of Babylon, part of this first beast or second beast? The Lord is saying to you, we need to get out all of us. We need to have our eyes focused on Jesus. That's my prayer, a prayer over this panel here. Hopefully this study has been a blessing to you here on Inverse. We'll see you next week here on Hope Channel. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.